Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast. It's Kirsty and Isaac from Real Coaching here again. In this episode, we're going to be speaking with an Amazon seller, consultant, and coach who's been helping sellers since 2014 keep their accounts healthy and to win appeals when Amazon hits you with things like listing or account suspensions. Our guest today is Scott Morgolius, and he has written a new book called Amazon Plans of Action, Proven Tactics for Winning Appeals, which is available on, of course, Amazon.com right now. And we wanted to bring him on to talk to everyone about the most frustrating problems sellers can probably have. And that's trying to get your legitimate business back up and running when Amazon has shut down something, you know, shut you down for something for a myriad of reasons. Sometimes they're unfounded and other times they're legitimate claims against you. So we're going to spend some time with Scott today to uncover the issues and unveil the mystery around how to get these problems worked out. That's right. So welcome to the show, Scott. Glad to have you here today. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No worries at all. Now, of course, we're going to jump into all the stuff that everyone needs to know about, you know, how to get their accounts back or their ASINs back, because this is something, in fact, just in one of our groups, uh, literally about two days ago, one of a big seller that um, we've worked with had one of his major ASINs shut down and can't get any joy out of Amazon, right? So it can hit people at all different stages. So we're going to dive deep into that. But first of all, normally what we like to do is understand a little bit more about you. How did you even get into the Amazon business and then also help people get their ASINs and their accounts back? Well, sure, sure. I uh, had started out actually, uh, you know, a long time ago working on Capitol Hill. And uh, I did that manage an office for a member of Congress for four years. And, and after that, I went to work for a marketing company and I was a COO there for 15 years. While I was working there, I started selling on Amazon part-time. I'd, uh, I'd been on eBay since 2000, but I started on Amazon in 2012. And I really wouldn't have even known it was possible if I hadn't been hanging out with a friend and their their phones started having all these notifications. I noticed that there was beep or beep or ka-ching or whatever. I think their <laughs> ringtone for the notification was a ka-ching. And I'm like, well, what is that? Why is your phone doing that? And that was, you know, in 2012, it wasn't nearly as ubiquitous for, for smartphones to have all those notifications. And uh, he told me it was a sale. And I said, well, what do you mean it was a sale? Uh, a sale of what? Or what are you selling? How, how's that work? And he told me more about what he was doing. And, and really, I wouldn't have believed it was possible for somebody to make a, a living, you know, selling on, on, on Amazon or online or whatever. I wouldn't have believed it was possible if I hadn't known somebody was doing it. And so I looked into it a little bit more and uh, started selling and jumped into FBA. And that went really well for uh, more than two and a half years. And then I uh, was going to sell full time and ended up consulting instead. I uh, started working with people um, when they had negative feedback and needed help with that. And, and that uh, gave me an ability to see what were the uh, things that were going on with somebody's account. The, the, to me, the feedback, it was just a symptom of something else that was broken. And so uh, investigating that up, upstream and learning what was going on with somebody's account, there's sort of a natural transition to learning how more and more to work with Amazon. Of course, I'd already done that for my own account, um, but more and more working with sales performance and, and figuring out all the different various crazy things that could possibly happen that could go wrong with an account that most of the time you don't see that taught anywhere. Yeah. You don't, 
you know, you see, oh, how do you make millions of dollars selling on on Amazon? But you don't see what happens. What do you do when when things are broken and they need fixed? And so I began to specialize in that. And, and that's where the, the book came from is, you know, knowledge helping hundreds and hundreds of sellers all across the, the world, really. And, and at all different sizes, it could be just starting out. It could be top 500 of Amazon sellers. Uh, we've had everybody in between. And so, you know, definitely familiar with what can happen to an account. And it's no matter what type of sourcing you're doing, you know, if it's RAOA, wholesale, private label, it affects everybody, but in different ways. And so uh, that's a lot of what the book has been about. And and I'm excited. It's helped a lot of people. There have been people who've read it, who've been unsuccessful with their own plans of action previously who've read the book, even in the course of trying to create a plan of action to resubmit. And, and they've been able to get uh, blocked ASINs and even suspended accounts fixed on their own with, with just a little bit of guidance from the book. And so that's you know exciting and fulfilling all at the same time and is really accomplishing the intention I had for putting it out there. Nice. Yeah. And, and I, I know like Kirsten and I talk about this all the time. It's like, just think of all the things that have cropped up from like helping Amazon sellers because Amazon systems are just so broken. Like we wouldn't have a coaching business. You wouldn't be writing this book. Like there's lots of things that like, it's kind of like a sub business out there of just like helping people understand the Amazon systems and, and just working around them because it's so dysfunctional. Absolutely. You know, you're right. We, our jobs more or less are what we do uh, to help sellers. It wouldn't exist. It wouldn't be a need if, if Amazon wasn't one, so complicated and two, so, so many different areas that are broken. Yeah, exactly. So let's kind of start at the beginning and let's talk about some of the basic stuff. So can you just like run down some of the few, uh, like most common reasons sellers have account health issues and kind of maybe while we do this, we can talk about some of the ways sellers can think about avoiding those mistakes as well. Uh, you know, some of the things that I think make the most sense and, and I think it's always important to touch on is, uh, you know, sourcing is kind of like eating. If you, to, if you were to make that equivalent to, you know, your daily life and your daily health, eating is such a big part of your health, right? And it's like, you can eat your way to wellness. Um, you know, even Aristotle talked about, you know, what let food be your medicine. And so to me, sourcing is, is kind of the same role when it comes to selling on Amazon. Amazon expects you to be perfect. You know, they expect you to run your account perfectly. They expect you to understand what they're telling you when they tell you things, even if they don't say things explicitly. And uh, a lot of the different problems that you can run into on, on Amazon as a seller can be avoided if your sourcing and your and your prep um, is nearly perfect. You know, you never miss a label. You never have something that gets sent in and in, uh, you know, inadequate condition. If you're making sure everything is packaged protectively, if you're making sure your listing always is an exact match against the product detail page. Your your products, you know, match in more than just the picture, more than just the barcode. You really have to make sure that all that's taken care of and, and that you've got good invoices and receipts for all the products you're selling. When you check all those boxes in terms of product condition, in terms of protectively packaging, and for terms of and in terms of making sure that you have a verifiable verifiable supply chain, then that takes care of maybe 80% of the potential problems you could come into. Awesome. And what what about like in terms of what would you recommend people do to kind of figure out what the problems are? Because I think one of the most frustrating things is we might get a performance notification, but it's so general and so vague 
that it's really difficult to even figure out what what's going on. And even when it is specific, it's still hard to kind of still, you know, get the right wording, like you said, on the pl a plan of action. So like I said, we had someone the other day and uh, they thought that the problem was that the product was listed in the wrong category. And so he believed that he didn't put it in the right into that category. But even when he wanted to change it, he wasn't he couldn't change it. And he can't get through to anybody to say, I want to change it. Like, I didn't really mean to put it in the, in there. So that's kind of just one example. So sure. how how do you recommend people can try and at least talk to the right department and then maybe um, what what they should think about with a plan of action? I mean, I, I hate to say this because it's not always the case, but you rarely need to talk to somebody in a specific department. So you don't want to be overly focused on that. It's like, oh, I got to go talk to the manager at the store and get this problem fixed. Well, that's one way to get it fixed, right? But it's not always or, you know, even necessarily often necessary that that's required on Amazon to get a problem fixed. It's just it is necessary sometimes. And it's important to know what the difference is. Um, but in most cases, for resolving most problems, especially with plans of action and other types of sort of, I would call it more normal problems. 80% um, of the problems you could come into, you don't need to talk to somebody in the department. You just need to know where in your account to look in order to find the problem. And so mm -hmm. I actually have almost a whole chapter devoted to where you go in your account and how do you get there and what are you looking for to, to find sort of the, the smoking gun of what the problem is that was the cause for Amazon to send you this uh, performance notification. Um, one thing I will definitely mention that I've noticed happening a lot uh, for newer sellers, especially, is they've stopped looking at their performance notifications. They've stopped paying attention to the messages that they're receiving from Amazon because somehow or another they're assuming or believe uh, falsely that the account health dashboard is taking the place of those things, that that's the only place they need to look. And so I'll be helping somebody with their account, I'll remote in you know, and, and view their account and they don't even know where to go to see their performance notifications. So that's a, a huge oversight and a very simple thing to fix is as much as you go to your account health dashboard to view what's going on with your account, you want to make sure that you're spending just as much time going uh, there as often to your performance notifications, because often that's the first place to start because that tells you what the story is behind the performance, uh, behind the mark on your account health dashboard that you've received. But then there are probably five different places in your account that you would often need to go to to uh, do the research in order to be able to discover the root cause. I mean, that's one thing to keep in mind. You can't really uh, treat an illness unless you know what's causing these symptoms to show up, right? You, yeah. So you got, you got to figure out what the actual root cause of that illness is. And and so those five places or so in your account are the most common places that you need to go in order to be able to figure out what the actual issue is. Because you can't just assume. You can't send Amazon an effective plan of action if you don't know what the problem was that they think it is. Yeah, no, exactly. Because that's the thing. They, they very rarely say exactly what it is, right? Yeah. So in terms of those five places, I mean, you mentioned performance notifications, account health, um, cause I think actually now, cause we used to get like a little flag, right. With the performance notifications, but yeah. sometimes we get that. Sometimes we don't, um, which is why I think as sellers, we, we forget to look there. Yeah. Um, could you maybe just quickly just let people know what those areas would be? So at least they, they know where to have a think about looking. 
uh, you know, the first place that I look, especially if you're FDA, is to go to your uh, returns reports. So, I mean, just think about how that looks on your screen. It looks different on different people's screens now, depending upon the interface that you're using. So it used to be go to the top, kind of middle, a little bit to the right of the middle of the page. Now you got the drop down over on the far left corner. It depends which one you're using, but basically you're trying to find a setting that says reports. And then under reports, when you get to that page, about three quarters of the way down on the left-hand side of the uh, screen, there's a place that says fulfillment. And then dropping down underneath that, it says customer concessions and it says FBA customer returns. So that's what you're looking for is FBA customer returns. You're gonna gonna take the ASIN that you've been notified about and plug it in there and search and put in a time period of let's say the last 30 days and look at all of the returns that show up. And then over on the right-hand side of that screen, they'll usually be return reason. Um, and hopefully the the one that that you need to find is the one that is hot linked that you can press on and see additional details. And a lot of the time, the, the problem is encoded right there in those details because the, the buyer is expressing to Amazon what their concern was, why they were upset or their expectations weren't met. Um, so that's one place to look. Uh, feedback is a good place. Messaging, sometimes A to Z complaints, uh, or you know you can find something in there. Sometimes voice of the customer. Um, sometimes in the actual reviews of the product itself, you could easily be selling a product along with you know ten or thirty other people or whatever. One buyer complained, and all of the sellers on that listing might get a notification but you don't know what the problem was because it wasn't your product that received the complaint. Mm-hmm. But there'll be a there'll be a review there of, of the product and it'll say, oh, these shoes didn't fit and they were the wrong color or I can't believe that Amazon's allowing these shoes to be sold. They're so you know dirty and nasty or whatever. Well, maybe Amazon doesn't track it back to determine who sent those in or maybe it's something, a situation where it was commingled or for any number of reasons, you're being called to account to respond to that complaint, but they don't tell you that unless you uncover it in your research. And so, you know, those types of places are the ones that you would normally go to to find the problem. Yeah. And I think as um, one thing that Isaac and I always say to people is don't take it personally, right? Because at the end of the day, even if you believe you haven't done anything wrong, which you not haven't done it intentionally, like you said, it could be somebody else's problem that you're kind of picking up. But at the end of the day, you have to solve it because otherwise Amazon don't care whether it was you or not, right? They just want the thing fixed. And so um, I think it's 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 good to ha- almost like have that out-of-body, non-emotional experience when you're kind absolutely. of looking at this stuff, like a private investigator. Yes, absolutely. What you're touching on is absolutely critical. I mentioned both of those types of scenarios in the book. You know, you have to distance yourself. You have to step back and and be a lot less emotional about it. You have to be as uh, you know, objective as possible and, and think differently. Not, you can't be offended. I mean, picture this scenario. I'm a, I'm a manufacturer or I'm the brand owner and I got a, you know, notification from Amazon that my product was counterfeit. And then I get all upset about it. It's like, I'm not selling counterfeit product. I'm the manufacturer. I'm the brand owner. I know where this came from. I've got my receipts and invoices. How can they say it's counterfeit? You know, you're wasting all that time thinking about something that doesn't exist. That's not the issue. The issue is most likely some buyer or it could be a competitor complained, you know, and they said these things when they complained and you have to address those concerns 
it's not about counterfeit. It's not about Amazon saying your stuff is fake. That's not usually the issue. Sometimes it is, and that's you know a different series of responses. But you you certainly have to distance yourself. You have to be more like a dispassionate private investigator or or you know a crime scene investigator who's coming upon this scene, and you have to put together all the different parts and pieces that are in front of you and and figure out what the answer is for the puzzle that you've found. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I was going to say is it doesn't help to respond with an appeal before you actually figure something out. Because uh-huh. a lot of people go out there and send that appeal right away thinking they have to do it within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, Amazon's just going to kick them off Amazon. And they go out there and just send like a half-hearted barely even like it's it's usually something like i don't know what's going on this isn't my fault blah 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 blah. and then they send that like amazon's going to care if that's actually going to make any difference to them i'm glad you pointed that out i i touch on that in the book also it's like you really don't want to have a half-baked answer and you don't want to ask amazon a question you don't want to say we don't know what you're talking about please can you please have somebody contact us and tell us what we did wrong that's never going to happen. But I see that happen all the time, especially for, it's interesting, more seasoned business owners. People have been around for a while. They're used to being able to express that they're, you know, they don't know what's going on. They're confused. And they would expect that, okay, this, this company, this organization, surely they're going to respond and let me know. They wouldn't hold me accountable for something like give me a, a ticket. You know, the officer issues you a ticket, but they don't tell you what it's for. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, or or you go to the doctor, they give you a prescription that, you know, but it's like, well, what is this for? Why did you give me this prescription? And it's just, they're not connecting the dots for you. And that's baffling to people. You know, people get frustrated and give up just with the very fact of those kinds of things going on. And so, you know, it's just important to understand, hey, this is the lay of the land. It's not what you're used to. Amazon's a different platform than almost anywhere else you could sell their standards are higher in terms of what they expect from sellers than almost any other platform. Um, It's just that they happen to have a whole lot of eyeballs. And so it's particularly desirable to be there because your volumes are likely to be greater than they are on other platforms, depending upon your product, depending upon the category that you're in. Sometimes I've found, you know, people are killing it somewhere else besides Amazon. Amazon might not represent 60% of their business and might represent 40% or 20%. So it's, it's a different situation for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of the people that we work with are like just solely selling on Amazon. So it feels, it feels like a personal attack, you know, it's almost, and also it, it's a very detriment, it can be detrimental. A week's loss in sales is a big deal, right? Absolutely. So how, how would you, um, how would you recommend that people be proactive rather than reactive as well? Um, you mentioned about making sure you've got great, um, great products um, that you're not going to run into quality issues, but that time, you know, times again, you were going to end up with, with maybe a dodgy batch or something, but in terms of their account health, is there anything that you would recommend you would do like on a daily basis or a weekly basis to, to check things out? I mean, I think one of the best things that anybody could do is dedicated an hour a day to working on their business. And in the course of that dedicated time to say, okay, now I'm going to allocate a portion of this hour working on my business to be paying attention to my account health, right? So you want to look at all everything going on with your account health dashboard, see if there's anything new there. Um, You want to be looking at performance notifications that would be tied to anything new on the account health dashboard. You'd be looking at your feedback, your messages, and voice of the customer. You want to do all that every day anyway. 
and and Amazon requires it in some respects. They've got a you know ticking time window as far as a usually twenty four hours, but I recommend three because you know if you if you're a buyer and you have a complaint and you're concerned about hey such and such is going on, you reach out to me as a seller. You're giving me an opportunity to solve this problem. I don't want to let a whole lot of time go before I get back to you because in the meantime you wonder oh am I going to hear back from them? I, you might get frustrated. You might give up. You might get angry. If I, and the sooner I get back to you and respond to that message or feedback, the more likely I'm going to be able to diffuse the situation, get it fixed before it affects my account. Mm-hmm. So those are some proactive things. You know, you want to look at voice of the customer um, and, and see if there's anything there that you could be doing differently or better. When you mm-hmm. receive a notification from Amazon for a specific ASIN, make sure that it's not their concern about that ASIN isn't affecting any other ASINs in your inventory. Uh, you know, that's one way you can be super responsive. And and one of the things you mentioned, you know, Isaac, is people feel like, hey, I got to get back to Amazon as quickly as possible. So they send them this half, half-baked response. But really, most of the time, they don't need to hear back from you quicker than, say, 48 hours, sometimes 72 hours. Usually, they'll tell you in the performance notification. But that gives you enough time to collect yourself, you know, breathe a little bit, have a, a good response to what mm-hmm. they are looking for. You know, if it's a plan of action, then that follows a very specific format. But, you know, if it's uh, you've got to cover the root cause, you've got to cover what you've done to fix it. You've got to cover what you're going to do to prevent it from happening again. You can't do any of that until you know the root cause. So there's no reason to even start writing anything until you have a very good understanding of what exactly Amazon notified you about. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking, do you generally find that when a great plan of action has gone in, that Amazon just reinstate things straight away or so you, you, you're not, you don't have to go back to them or is it generally a window of 24, 48 hours? How long would you, how would you um, uh, leave it before you, you go back again or try and figure out whether it's worked or not? It, it really depends. A, a lot of the time patience is your friend. Um, if you send a response to Amazon, you don't hear back from them. I feel like it's a huge mistake to just send another one. Mm-hmm. You send another response right on the heels of the one that you sent without hearing back from them first. And in fact, like if you come to me as a client and say, hey, I want to get started. I need a POA. I don't even want to write that POA at all. I don't want to, you know, you, you want to go ahead and pay. You want to receive a POA. I don't want to write it at all. I don't want to engage in that at, at all until you've heard back from Amazon. If you've got, if you respond to them and a, and a response back from them is pending, but you haven't heard back from them yet, it doesn't make sense to engage me. You know, it doesn't make sense to talk to a professional to get help with your plan because you need them to respond to the last one you sent in. One, I've seen it happen where they might go ahead and accept it. Uh, and two, I've, they they can sometimes reject it, which, you know, you would rather have them reject it than send in another plan on top of the one that you already sent that's pending. That, I've yeah. seen so many problems happen with that. So I, yeah. I not too long ago, they sent in one plan. And it's like, oh, they didn't hear anything back. They got super impatient. They send in another plan. Sending in that other plan without waiting to hear back caused all kinds of problems. You know, they weren't responsive to escalations after that. They totally lost their attention because they sent in an identical plan to the first plan without waiting to hear back. It's a huge problem. So I see I see sellers in all different situations where it's like they become super impatient, right? Oh, my, my best ASIN is down or my account is down or... I've got, you know, they're holding on to my, all my money. And, and so they think, oh, I want I, Amazon's holding 40 grand or 100 grand or 10 grand or whatever it is. I need to get my account back as quickly as possible. 
the timing is irrelevant, right? It's going to take the time it takes. And there's very little that you can do to make it go faster than the time it's going to take. And so mm-hmm. it's just a matter of make sure that you do your best that you possibly can to submit the best plan you can the first time and then be patient after that because it's a little bit of a dance. It's a little bit of a, you know, back and forth and a waiting game. And it depends on what they respond back to you. And um, there's there's no guarantee whatsoever in terms of how long it's going to be. Could it be within the same day? Could it be the next day? Could it be a week, two weeks, a month? I, I, I worked on an account for a year and a half before we got it back. I worked on another account for six months before we got it back. It's not always going to be that way. Those are, you know, outliers, but you've got to be patient because being impatient does not fix the problem. But Scott, nobody wants to hear that. They want to see that easy button that they can just press on their desk. Well, it can be a lot easier (laughs) if you do it the right way. You know, I wouldn't have had to work on that account for a year and a half if they hadn't already messed it up so much themselves. Yeah. If I could have gotten to it the first time, it would have been a completely different story. But oh, one thing I'll mention, I, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the book also, is if you get suspended, don't give up and open a second account. That will make it so much worse. Yeah. You really need to get the first account reinstated. Forget about trying to open a second account. You know, then you'll, then you'll get your second account uh, suspended for a suspected duplicate account. And it's just a giant mess. You don't want to have to deal with all that. You, you, might, get, you might be giving up. It's like, oh, you know, they wouldn't take my POAs. They wouldn't take my plans of action. And they told me that they won't even respond anymore. That doesn't mean you're dead in the water. It just means you shouldn't be the one sending in your plan of action because whatever you've sent in thus far wasn't sufficient and you're probably not going to figure it out on your own. Yeah, it's a telltale, sale, telltale sign of like a, an Amazon scammers when they open multiple accounts to try to get around Amazon's reinstatement plan. So Amazon's definitely not going to be happy about that. Yeah, well, um, so just scamming, you know, as people yeah. get desperate and think, oh, you know, I'm, I lost my livelihood or, you know, I got to pay my people or whatever it is for all different reasons. They think, oh, I'll just open another account. It's just always a mistake. Yeah. So one thing that I would say is probably, you know, people might be listening to this, this podcast and thinking, oh, well, you know, that's not going to happen to me. I don't know a seller that something like this hasn't happened to if they've actually been selling for at least six to 12 months. So, I mean, Kirsty, we've had this happen to our accounts. Almost yep. daily, we, we talk with a member who's had something like this happening with their account. Um, pretty much any successful seller has had some sort of listing suppression or, um, you know, even just like updating titles that they can't figure out how to do that and just random stuff where they actually have to contact Amazon with a specific set of how you actually say something or where you go to actually say it. Um, there's lots of things within that seller central that if you're not working with people who know what the heck they're doing, you're going to get lost. You're going to lose a lot of time. You're going to lose a lot of money. And these things that if you would have just done it right in the first place and fixed it could save you months of extra sales that you could have lost in the meantime. So, you know, I think Scott, when you, when we talk to you about this, it's, it's very interesting that, you know, people might, throw it aside and say, well, this hasn't happened to me yet. So I don't need to pay attention to it. What would you say to people like that? Um, I mean, I think everybody needs to pay attention to it. I try to be careful with my perspective, right? Because it's like, I'm, I'm working in an emergency room and I see all the bad cases show up. You know, I see all the dislocated this and the broken that and <laughs> all kinds of people with significant problems. But if you're walking around outside in the quote unquote real world, outside of the operating room or outside of the emergency room, you don't see all these things happening all the time. You know, you have normal life. And so a lot of people I, I can assume go through Amazon normally 
without having these problems. But I was speaking at a conference recently and I, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll pull the audience. I, you know, there are people of all different, you know, selling dispositions and they're just started and been there a long time or whatever. It's like, how many of you in the room have never had a problem with seller performance, never had any trouble with your account health? Could I see a raise of hands? There weren't any. And I was surprised by that. You know, I, I really thought surely there'll be a few. Um, but at least I, the front row should have been raising their hands, right? <laughs> yeah. For sure. uh, I mean, I've got I've got two different Amazon accounts, um, both authorized. One has been suspended. Not my fault, but yeah, it was my fault for letting somebody else use it <laughs> um, temporarily to help them sell through some inventory. But the other one's never been suspended. It's like, well. That could be simply because of the fact that it's just never been suspended, or it could be the fact that I, I knew what I was doing when I did it. Um, but I, I never even got a notification that my account was at risk. Well, that could happen to people. I, I've, I've had people show up and it's like, you know, I've been selling for 10 years. I've been selling for eight or six years or whatever. Never had a problem. I don't know what to do in this situation because I've never had to deal with it before. And I don't want to risk my account by taking this into my own hands when I know that this isn't something that's my area of expertise. That makes a lot of sense to me. You know, you you go, don't, you're not trying to go to the physician's desk reference to try to figure out how to treat yourself. Yeah. Well, some people use WebMD now, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously you have a new book out and this obviously is, you talk about all this stuff and help sellers with, deal with these issues, issues, but obviously we can't talk about every specific possible scenario in this short term uh, podcast today, but in the book, I'm sure you cover a lot of that stuff that we can't cover, but just let me ask you, what was the main reason you kind of wanted to write the book? And do you feel like this is the type of book that could basically be reissued every year with new information to help sellers? It's like 2021, 20, 21 or 2021, 2022. And, and it's like, you could just endlessly be writing this, the same book and reissued. I mean, there is that chance that it could need to be regularly revised, but I, I kind of hope not. I tried to yeah. address it in such a way that the principles would hold true, um, you know, in a somewhat timeless, you know, manner, even though that Amazon's always changing. I mean, it's changing week to week and day to day, yeah. and you've got to stay on top of it. You've got to be constantly learning and, you know, figuring out all the different things that are changing and new, you know, things having to do with terms of service all of that uh it's it's a lot to keep up with i think for for a seller you know and and to me you should that quote unquote continuing education should be a part of what you do in your hour a day when you're working on your business uh you know when you're not doing other things that you shouldn't be doing like packing boxes or taping or whatever i mean not that you can't do that you can choose to do that but you might have something that is a particular skill of yours that is far more valuable for you to be focused on when mm-hmm. it comes to making making sales. Um, I mean, I I put the book out because I feel like sellers need these skills, right? You you yeah. you need to know how to deal with these things because it's inevitable that you're going to have to, right? And so it it doesn't make any sense to just be walking along as a seller and get hit upside the head and not know what to do. Um, but that's and you you also mentioned you know. I, you can't co- possibly cover everything in, in a book like this. And so I do have uh, a, another one coming out uh, that, that we've started to work on and, and maybe another one after that. And I've got a course that specifically addresses issues having to do with the account health dashboard, account health management um, and, and maintenance. And so, you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about the mechanics of 
what to do and how to do it when it comes to account health maintenance. But the course does cover that. Yeah, awesome. I think that would be really good for people because, like you say, um, it probably, I mean, we know pretty much everyone we know, including ourselves, has had some issue, maybe not an account level, but an ASIN level. And it could also um, be, you know, your main ASIN. I mean, I had one where it was um, deemed to be counterfeit. And we kind of, I, I, I engaged someone like yourself and we still took three months because we kind of figured out that it was, you know, in that time when there was a lot of dodgy dealings going on behind the scenes. And luckily th- that person was able to figure that out because they knew someone within Amazon. Um, but that's totally baffling when that happens, right? Because you just you just have no idea what, what the hell is going on. Um, but just to understand that, number one, your first communication is so important because we ended up in a loop as well with that. Because exactly like you said, because we didn't have the right invoice set up and just sending in the wrong invoice setup, which was a pro forma invoice and not the actual invoice, sent it on a spiral into oblivion. Yep. And, you know, who knows if, if we just sent the right thing in the first place, maybe it hadn't have got to that level. But yeah, just having that right communication from the get go it to me, from what you're saying, is one of the most important things that, that you should do even if you don't even before you even engage someone you don't need to go to that level straight away but really fully knowing how to put that first plan of action in is is very important to the best of you under amazon's um rules if you like for sure i mean i i look at it almost like it's your elevator pitch to amazon you know all of a sudden you're sitting in the elevator with somebody who has the uh you have their attention and you can tell them the most important things that they need to know it's not a time to ask questions. It's a time to give them exactly what they're looking for. So you don't want to waste time giving them an invoice that's not sufficient or a receipt that doesn't cut it or uh, a plan of action that's, you know, half-baked. And and so, like, when you asked earlier, um, what are you seeing in terms of responses from Amazon to the plans that are submitted? And I'm seeing more and more of my plans that it's kind of one shot, one kill. You hit it out of the park on the first plan. It just doesn't happen very often. I am seeing more of that. But, you know, as you get to know more and more what Amazon's looking for, I really try to have, okay, learn everything you can from the first plan if they don't accept it. And by this time you send in the second plan, it's good, good. You know, it's set. That, that takes care of it. Um, but it can drag on past that. And, and you don't have any control over that, even if you send in a perfect plan. Um, yeah. it just has a lot to do with, there are just so many variables, um, that are beyond your control. And, and that's important to know when it comes to, you know, having the right perspective to be patient. Yeah. And I think it's awesome that someone like you is doing this because, you know, me personally, I like to, to be on the optimism scale, right? So, you know, dealing with stuff like this is like, uh, complete energy drain. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. And the thing is, you're dealing with so many different types of plans, so many different problems, but yet um, I'm sure they're all the same on some level, right? And so you're able to be able to go, okay, that one is this one, that one is this type of issue, that one is this type of issue, versus the seller who's trying to grow the business, sort their ads out, sort their profit out, making sure that they've got sales coming in. You know, it's trying to figure that out and not being able to have the experience of, of knowing what works and what doesn't work. I think if as a seller is kind of short-sighted to think that 
you can do everything yourself. And so um, I think having someone with experience really makes a lot of sense because that's one thing that a lot of sellers will say is, oh, that these, you know, these reinstatement agencies or these people that do this, it's so expensive. I'm like, well, how much sales are you losing right now and how much profit are you losing right now, right? And um, you're, you're paying for the experience. So I think it's awesome that people like you want to do it because I know I, I wouldn't. So um, I really take my hat off <laughs> to you guys doing it. I mean, it's definitely fun, you know, to help people. And it's incredibly gratifying to win, right? You know, you, you have this terrible situation that somebody's stuck in, they don't know what to do, and, and you can come in and, and hopefully save the day. And, and that's wonderful, but it's almost can be like, uh, you know, being a psychiatrist, right? If you just yeah. <laughs> listen to all these horrible things that are happening to people or happening in their lives all day long, uh, it, it can be, you know, draining. Um, yeah. And so I definitely understand when somebody doesn't want to have to deal with these things on their own, at, at least there, there are ways that they can kind of outsource the headache, right? Yeah. yeah, totally. And, you know, why not? Because at the end of the day, like I said, you, you, you're the one that has to go through that all and figure out all that pain. And you could end up actually losing a skew permanently just because you're trying to figure it out. So yeah. it's, it's like the reason why Isaac and I help people as well in their business is we, like we said, we've been selling similar to you, but not as long as you, but you know, the last seven or eight years, and we've seen a lot of stuff and made a lot of mistakes. Um, and so we're able to help people not make the same, the same things happen. So I'm, I'm really appreciate you doing all that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, the good news is, and I would want to leave people with this, um, is that despite the fact that a lot of these types of issues are inevitable, uh, many of them, the majority of them can be overcome successfully. You know, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's kind of up to you as to uh, how difficult it is to, to do that. Like if you write your first plan on your own, it's like you feel like you know what you're doing. Maybe you've read my book. Uh, maybe you're fairly well equipped to write that plan. And, and fit within all the structure, it's like, I, I wouldn't discourage somebody from doing that, right? But by the time you get to your second, third, fourth, fifth plan, you're digging a hole that's much more difficult for somebody else to pull you out of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got your, obviously the book that's coming out, you've got some new books coming out, you've got your training program, um, and we'll put a link to all that stuff down at the bottom. So if anyone though is like, you know what, I'm just gonna shortcut the whole thing and, and go and work with Scott, um, what's the best way for them to uh, contact you? Um, mostly if they just go to my website, uh, ecom, E-C-O-M, with, uh, as in Mary, seller tools with an S, ecomsellertools.com. You can basically see everything right there and book a time on the calendar and send us a message through the contact form, anything like that. And then you can see the there's a training section, and that has the book as well as the uh, the training the course for the account health management. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks again so much for being here, Scott, and for, you know, kind of sharing your insights about, you know, all the experience you have dealing with Amazon, because like Kirstie said, it's not a, 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 a fun thing that usually a seller has to go through. So it's not really like we want to spend a lot of time in it. And we know that there are people out there that can do this stuff. So it's been a pleasure having you on the show. And, and thanks for kind of talking with us about all this stuff. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad to see that you guys are out there supporting sellers and making their lives easier. So, I yeah. mean, it's definitely a big need. Definitely. All right, guys. So if you like what you heard today, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with your friends who might get value out of it as well. 
Also, to get some free training on what it takes to be, have a successful business to fill your lifestyle, head to goteamreal.com to download our free training today. And we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.